Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. Hi there. How are you, mate? I'm good, Luke. Really good. In fact, uh, yeah, um, no no issues with me because I'm going to watch Backlash 2000 later. <laughs> oh, you're going to hear a lot of that uh, in this upcoming episode. Um, but yeah, I thought we'd have you on the, the magazine show this week because everyone is such a busy boy because it turns out when Pete has a week off, uh things get really bad around here yeah he is holding the place together turns out what a linchpin who knew uh so yeah so it's uh, me and adam on today's show talking about becky lynch and the report that she is being cast in a marvel movie and whether or not that could lead her on to leaving wwe and going on to start a career in hollywood bit of fantasy booking then around who she could play in the mcu and then we're going to dive into your mailbag questions we'll be back with the outro portion of this show here is the podcast did want to talk about was a news story that has sort of flown under the radar of wrestle talk news because there's been so much other stuff to talk about uh it's like i wrote this news piece for ollie on monday and it was just we bumped it to tuesday and then the sitting after and she's like well, we'll bump it to wednesday and then you know there was the uh, the revival stuff with a uh, talk is jericho's like well, we'll bump it to thursday and it's just been pushed back and pushed back so let's finally talk about it so by, way back when um this was before she was the man becky lynch was on steve austin's podcast and she said that she had um, been getting acting lessons because she did want to at some point do more acting roles you know she really really enjoys that sort of thing and more recently because she's now become uh, a big star for wwe she was featured in the season five premiere of the showtime show billions which i've never seen have you ever seen it no but it looks charming <laughs> what's it about i know it's about Dwayne in his suits and i believe there's billions involved mm-hmm. but of of what Pancakes. dollars yeah mice 
kind <laughs> of show is it? Um, it seems to be some sort of hustle business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entourage. Look at my jet ski sort of show. Uh, and yeah, she she was in it, and she she did a swear word. <gasps> she did a swear, did she? Crikey! Well. Yeah. Some people might be having a little swear at this because Chris Tapley, who's a former Variety reporter, um, posted up on Twitter that apparently her appearance in Billions and just sort of like in general has been grabbing the attention of Hollywood. And she is someone who is on their radar. And in brackets says she is going to star in an upcoming Marvel movie. And it wasn't like a there are rumors. He said, like, no, no, she is going to star in a Marvel movie which is the biggest franchise on the planet. Absolutely. So it to be as, as kind of like that's your, and we're not going to count the Marine 6 here. That's your I first. I was literally Googling the Marine 6 close quarters. She played <laughs> yeah. Maddie Hayes. How dare you discount her work as Maddie Hayes? She's going to star it. She's now going to star in a proper movie um, <laughs> with actual actors. Um, so yeah, so it's, and she then did some interviews uh, to promote Billions, saying that she's been getting guidance on how to navigate Hollywood by The Rock and John Cena, who are two guys who have very successfully transitioned away from the wrestling ring into the Hollywood machine. Uh, John Cena, you know, whether you like his movies or not, he has, you know, surrounded himself with very, very funny people to make him look very funny in films as well. I really liked Cockblockers. I thought it was a funny movie. And I think that he's a very good screen presence. He's going to be starring in the new Fast and Furious movie. He's going to be in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. He's going to be starring in the upcoming Duke Nukem adaptation. He is someone whose star, Hollywood star is on the rise. And then you've got The Rock, who is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Those are two very good people to get advice from when it comes to navigating those Hollywood waters. Oh, yes, absolutely. And especially, um, I think, not just the Hollywood waters, but also how to sort of say goodbye to the fans in a way that they don't hate you. Because obviously when The Rock, uh, The Rock is like the biggest success story in Hollywood. You know, H Hogan went away. Uh, that didn't work out so well. Uh, hey, now, don't you discredit Mr. Nanny. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but he but he came back to a promotion that wasn't his. He went to Hollywood and then went to obviously WCW. Uh, the Rock went to do Scorpion King. Uh, and then there was a real, yeah, sour note with the fans. Uh, obviously, Brock beat him at SummerSlam 2002. And everyone was like booing The Rock. And so he came back as Hollywood Rock, his greatest uh, persona. Uh, and so I, and I think with Cena obviously lambasting The Rock for that and then basically being a hypocrite and going away and doing exactly the same things. Not that we're judging. I'd love to get paid millions to be in movies yeah. rather than throwing myself at the ground repeatedly for coin. Uh, but he, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting PR move because, I mean, compared to Rock and John Cena, Becky Lynch is a lot younger, right? I mean, at least five years younger than how seen as in his 40s now right yeah okay well, i'm just gonna yeah. have a quick i'm gonna do a quick wikipedia of this while you carry on because i don't know how old becky lynch is mm. because like, like she's not too dissimilar to me uh in in, in a lot of she's 33 in, she's a year younger than i am in a lot of ways luke she's very dissimilar to me. <laughs> uh it's yeah and so i i think a lot of fans i think pr that pr is probably more needed now than ever because Becky Lynch as a character is sort of in a weird place. Everyone 
not only expected, but kind of wanted her to lose at WrestleMania. Uh, the character's gotten a little stale. And if she decides to go to Hollywood, yeah, I think they're, they're considering that, yeah, some of her best in-ring years, one would assume are still ahead of her. I think fans are going to feel a little bit turned out of sorts by that. Not saying that they should. Not, they're not entitled to Lynch uh, being a wrestler, of course. But I think it's sort of different. Like Cena's sort of come to the end of his run. Uh, so I think people were a lot more forgiving, despite the fact that he literally is doing the exact same thing he said The Rock was going to do. So I think those guys, in terms of like how to deal with the crowd, how to kind of work as a part-timer, if that is the situation. Uh, yeah, I think they are incredibly invaluable and in just like, look, uh, it's going gonna, it, gonna to hurt your fan base. Here's how you deal with that. Yeah, totally. And and we're not saying here that Becky Lynch is leaving next year or she's leaving in the next couple of years or what have you. But the 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 facts are there that she has got a ambition to do more acting roles. And when I look at people like Batista, like so when Batista sort of initially left WWE because he wants to, you know, just try his hand at other things, he did a movie with Rob Van Dam. Uh, oh, I can't remember what the film was called now, but he did a film with with Van Dam as a favour. I've seen the where it's Van Dam's movie, his precious <laughs> project, and then he's in it for what? How how long is Batista in that movie? Uh, he's in one scene, I believe, and he's the cover star. Like, he's... <laughs> Oh, poor Rob. But um, I remember Dave doing an interview saying that that's when he caught the acting bug. Like that was that doing that project made him go like, oh, wow, this is a lot of fun. I could do more of this. And you, you could say that maybe Becky would get the same thing. You know, it, it, Batista is now in the MCU, you know, and I, I think that they would love to get John Cena in the MCU. I, I could very much see Becky at some point being like, well, I'm paid X amount over here to throw myself onto the ground multiple times you know 350 12 times a year or i can go and make these movies over here where i'm super safe i get medical insurance and then and i get paid way more to do so not only that but if that is the case when you kind of look at the rock trajectory the rock stopped having to stop doing wrestling because hollywood wouldn't let him anymore because he did the the two matches with Cena, got injured in the second one, I think, or maybe it was the first one, I think he got second, injured. Second one, his uh, pelvis, yeah, yeah came off was, the bone or something horrible. Absolutely. Yeah, so he got injured during the second one, and that delayed the production of that Hercules movie that no one saw. Mm. And so that cost the studio a lot of money to delay that movie, which is why now The Rock can't really, like, you know, he had that what three-second match with Eric Rowan at WrestleMania, because that's pretty much all he could really do because Hollywood just won't let him do that in case he gets injured again and delays more movies. So, I mean, yeah, as I said, we're not saying that Becky Lynch is leaving. No one is reporting that she's leaving. But there is there is stuff out there that could suggest at some point she will transition into Hollywood. These things snowball, right? Like, it's, it, I think it's similar in some ways. <laughs> he says, having never been in a movie or a wrestler, um, he, like, the, it's sort of momentum, right? Like, you're a hot commodity. You can't really, I, I'm not saying that once, you know, you go out, you're in an MCU film, then yeah, you, you're done. I mean, th that doesn't have to be the case. Of course it doesn't. But like, we've seen how it snowballed with Cena. One film, then uh, two films, and now he's working all the time. Rock, one big film, a couple of smaller films. Now he's working all the time. Like, 
any if your acting agent is not going to want you to go back to the ring to a dangerous environment where you could potentially get yourself injured put on the shelf for a while they're going to want you keeping get your face out there get your face out there get your face out there um as as a good agent should um so yeah, yeah of course like what we're not saying that she's going but the realities are if she's going to be a as big a deal as she deserves to be because she's super charismatic and she's got that movie star it factor we, we know that that's why she was in the main event of wrestlemania uh then yeah like maybe it is only a matter of time and she's very um i'm gonna try and put this as politely as i can she's very striking like the way that like she has got a presence about her she's very striking to look at which is something that hollywood really likes you know they mm. like people and so i think that is really gonna work into her favor as well only being 33 is also gonna help that but this is what she said in the interviews regarding the rock she said the rock actually has been very helpful and put me in contact with who my agent is right now he's been very giving i think they all are because they've all been there they've been there and they already are looking out for the next generation and when talking about how Cena's helped her, she said, uh, Cena has been so great to me and so generous with his time and advice. He checks up on me and what I'm doing right now. I think everyone wants to see the next generation move to where they've been. So like she herself is saying, this is the move I'm looking to make. And these people over here are helping me make that move. Yeah, I'm trying to emulate these people. Yeah. And, yeah. and I hope bad people to emulate. No, no, I think they're, they're doing fine. Um, soon she'll have her own tequila company <laughs> like <laughs> i i wonder how much the rock is making off that because you know that um uh george clooney makes more money from his tequila than he does from his movies oh, i thought you're gonna say he makes more money from those kenko adverts uh, than he does his movies i mean he made a bloody load of money in nespresso but um <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, I, I can't imagine, like, ha for how much The Rock is pimping it on, like, Instagram or wherever. Um, yeah, I, I, so I guess, like, should we should we talk about the MCU? Well, yeah, so if she's being cast in a Marvel project, I mean, you and I are, are big, big comic book heads. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this would be a really all fun thing for us to speculate. If it's, it's a Marvel project, and I'm extending this out into Marvel project, so it's not doesn't have to be just one of the movies that has been announced or could be announced, but also the TV realm as well. Mm. Because so the first thing I did was I Googled redheaded comic book characters. And once you get through Mary Jane, um, you find yourself in actual X-Men territory. I love how you went redhead <laughs> rather than Irish. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because you know i mean yeah you can you could always dye your hair but i think because what I, I i did exactly the same thing right i i thought what are becky lynch's two main uh qualities because you know every agent looks at you like what do you bring you know what what is it that you you know is it size is it profile is it uh do you have a, an amazing accent uh and i think yeah her, yeah her two main qualities are redhead obviously um and uh irish and mm. uh, so i actually did pretty much the same thing that you did but i googled irish marvel characters i mean I, the way i look at the mcu is that they are often they, they will take a character and be like let's just take this character in name alone and put them over here um, mm -hmm. they are broadly like the character you've read in the comic books but it's our version of this character so i was just kind of reading this being like i mean they could be an irish she could be an irish version of rogue she doesn't have to be 
you know, from from the deep south. She could just be the Irish version of Rogue instead. So, have you ever heard? Because uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be uh, completely honest. My X Men comics is not something I know I inside out. Like I read a lot of Cl uh, Chris Claremont stuff. So you know, Days of Future Past, um, the dark phoenix saga like i've read those uh, but i haven't read a lot of like the newer stuff but i was i was googling this you ever heard of a x-man called siren uh no not sure if i have the daughter of banshee my x-men knowledge is not also that great either oh it's daughter of banshee okay cool um not only are they um are they Irish? But they're all. Hang on, let me just. Uh, I will. I will put it in the chat just to give you a little idea of exactly how perfect I think uh, Becky Lynch would be to play Siren. Now, does this or does this not look like a certain uh, last kicker? Oh well, look at that! Absolutely, of course it is. Yeah. So that is. Yeah, she's. Um, uh, yeah, Banshee's daughter. Um, Cassidy, someone Cassidy. Uh, Sean Cassidy is Banshee, of course he is. Um, so yeah, she she has a, a, a tragic backstory. Her, her mother was killed by an, an IRA bomb. Uh, and then she was uh, raised, uh, so sort of like by Banshee and the X-Men. Uh, and then she, she was in X-Force and X-Factor. Uh, X-Force, of course, have made an appearance, sort of, uh, in Marvel movies. Not... Not their greatest outing, but um <laughs> and you know, we're all dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever wanted, and I don't <laughs> ever get that back. <laughs> God damn you, Uncle Cracker. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so I was I was looking at that. There is a there is a character called Shamrock, uh, who that's that's less good. Yeah. <laughs> she... That was her first NXT gimmick, wasn't it? Diddly 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 <laughs> dee, diddly diddly dee. Uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can let me just grab up an image of Shamrock. So Shamrock is uh, an Irish superhero with the power of luck. So not dissimilar mm. to Domino from uh, yeah. Daredevil. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot more when you think of an Irish superhero. That's a lot yeah. more on the nose. Little Shamrock on the chest there. Look yeah, at yeah. that hair, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so that's what I found. Uh, yeah. oh, and uh, but one other. But I think you're probably going to name her uh, when you're talking about your X Men. Well, I was going to say, because like when I first thought of the X-Men, I was thinking there's kind of sort of two benefits to that. A, you're getting her into a big name project that you have already, like, so Kevin Feige at Comic-Con last year effectively did announce that they're doing X-Men and Fantastic Four. Like, they didn't officially announce it, but he said, we're out of time. I didn't even get to talk about the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. So they are going to happen. Um, so when I was thinking about the X-Men, the, the benefits of that is A, you're getting her into a big, big name project. B, there are a lot of iconic characters that she can play in there. But C, perhaps crucially, you can hide her. Like you can sort of hide any weaknesses that she might have. And you're not putting her center stage where she could fail. Instead, yeah. you're doing like what you almost did with Batista, which is you just sort of like, yeah, you hide him in the back because he can stand so, so, so still. He's practically invisible. And, <laughs> um, and you can just accentuate on the positives. And I think that worked really, really well for, for Dave in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you could do that with the X-Men, which is why Rogue uh, came to mind, uh, which is why, who is the other one I wrote down? Um, Mystique is another yeah, one there it is. as well 
because Mystique has got the the red hair in there. Also, she can just transform into other people and have other actors step forward to do bits and bobs for her. That's it's borderline shade, Luke. <laughs> like, Look, I'm not saying it's shade. <laughs> if yeah, if Becky's doing terribly, we'll just have Mystique transform into uh, Helen Mirren or <laughs> yeah, someone with a bit more grammar. <laughs> Uh, but obviously, yes, there's the uh, there's the hair. Um, I think she like it depends because Mystique is also kind of with uh, Jen uh, Jennifer, Jessica, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, um, with her kind of obviously rocketing to be a big star during the course of the Fox X-Men movies. Mystique was sort of pushed front and center, um, especially in like the last two films. So it, it, well, it, it let's it, say the last one where she was, you know, killed off within the first spoilers for that movie. But I don't think anyone saw it anyway. So it's fine. No, no. But like still a kind of a big deal. Uh, so it may be easier harder to hide but then again i think that becky lynch is a good performer and probably doesn't need to hide as much as luke does so that's just <laughs> that's where we started. that's where we differ when it comes to uh the first uh woman to win the first ever um women's main event of of wrestlemania i think she's a talented performer and luke would kind of like to throw a drape over her and like cover her up from uh from the unforgiving cameras well i'm, I'm not quite saying that of course i'm not <laughs> <laughs> But also, she might be rubbish, and therefore we can hide her. <laughs> Have you not seen the Marine Six? Maddie Hayes. Yeah, no, my point was more like she then is a big name actor. It's the same like with you know Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, even when she is being played by different people, you know, the Mystique character is being played by other different people, you still go like, oh yeah, that's the Jennifer Lawrence character. So it's mm. a smart little way of, of kind of like promoting her and also getting other people to do any heavy lifting should there need to be. But I think you could probably do it anyway. Um, and But if you really wanted to push her front and center, and I'm sort of hesitant to suggest this one of, of doing Jean Grey again because of the, the ginger connection, the redhead connection. But I, the only reason I'm hesitant to suggest Jean Grey is because as soon as you put Jean Grey into something, the first question people are going to be is like, what are you doing, Dark Phoenix? And we've already done it twice, and it's gone tits, it's gone nipples north twice. I don't think we need to have a third attempt at this in quite quick succession. No, and I think MCU have been very canny with how they've uh, introduced characters that other people have seen before. So like Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, really, really good. Just, just do Spider-Man. We don't need an origin story. Just do a Spider-Man film. It's fine. We know who Spider-Man is. And so I think in that way, like if they're introducing X-Men, like, yeah, we've seen most of these X-Men before. And like Marvel are actually quite canny about uh recognizing that so maybe they are going to go to maybe like maybe for example they might do something like x-force or x-factor first just to kind of like get everyone in and then you can introduce a wolverine in like the post credits of that you know just get us get us on board with some other characters uh that we don't know quite as much who haven't been quite as iconic elsewhere build up this uh, you know brand knowledge um, and then hit us with some of the heavy hitters like, you know, Professor X, a couple of movies down the line when we're actually clamoring for it, mm. uh, you know, something like that. So maybe in that sense, someone like Siren yep. would be a really good call. My other two pitches were to put her into the Disney plus Marvel side of things in the TV show realm. Mm. And the two that came to mind were Squirrel Girl. 
the most powerful character in the MCU. You beat up Thanos on her own. And, you know, that's a really fun role for someone to dive into. I'd be absolutely gutted that it's not Anna Kendrick, but still, um, because I do think she is the perfect casting for for Squirrel Girl. The other one is She-Hulk. Oh, that's interesting. You know, they've announced they're doing a She-Hulk TV series. So she would get the leading role in that. It's a TV thing, which is less pressure. And she gets to show off her awesome strength and sort of awesome physique. And you know that would be a really cool way to then transition her into the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Give her, you know, test her out so it's that she's terrible. not terrible. Well, I mean, we, <laughs> let's not put all of our eggs into this Becky Lynch basket. You don't want to like hang an entire movie on her and then it's bad. We we love Becky Lynch so much. I know. Why? Do, how is it? How has this happened? <laughs> um, the other one I was going to suggest as well, like to uh, although this is more of a Sony thing because they they are doing the Spider Man characters, uh, and it kind of moves her away from the uh, redhead, but also moves her away from the um, the the Irish thing, is to make her black cat. And so I cast her in that role because then she can just be a big name side character in a Spider-Man movie. And that's a really cool, that's a cool deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously with um, what they did with MJ, uh, yeah, I don't think any character is like, oh, uh, just go go with the person who looks the most like them. Uh, You can do some really creative casting. One of the assets of the MCU is that in its later phases, it's really kind of pushed it with like with the casting and it and with who we're making the films as well yeah i I thought black cat would be great actually she'd be really really good ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue nile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market (laughs) 
So let's dive into your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to submit a a Patreon mailbag question, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave your question in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose them. I'm very bad at my job. Uh, this first question comes in from Jam That James Dillon. Jam That Jam, Adam. Jam That Jam. Uh, says, do you think the cancellation of WWE 2K21 will speed up efforts for AEW to get their game out by Christmas? Um, I mean, it, it, it's an unprecedented uh, window. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, this is the first year we haven't had a new wrestling game in I, I believe 15 it's, uh, years? Yeah, it's a uh, 97 was the sort of first year like time we were getting yearly wrestling games from, oh from WWE. So in over 20 years. Mm. Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an unprecedented uh, like window to have no major competition. Uh, I I mean, if it's it's a, it's a push pull, right? If if it comes out and it's good, the whole market's yours. Uh, if it comes out and it's bad. Uh, then you've sunk your first AEW game. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, d I don't know which which side I would go on. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think it's because um, even if AEW did get their game out, the AEW audience is a lot smaller than the WWE audience. You know, they don't have the 2 million people tuning into their show every week. They have got a, you know, say a quarter of that, maybe uh, a a third of that let's say they've got a third of that audience so that's a third of the video game audience as well one would suspect the only other side of that is that if there is a clamoring for a new wrestling game that captures um that casual market that just want to play a wrestling game they pick this up they find out about the characters they go and tune into the tv show that would be sort of like the real benefits here mm. i found you... out about wcw via the game which is oh, weird. interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I knew about WWF. I played uh, WrestleMania 2000. Uh, and then I found out what other wrestling games are that I want to play a different one. And I found about uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was just like, who are these characters? Who is this man with the face paint? Oh, this Eric Bischoff seems like a cool ninja character. And I generally <laughs> did play as Eric Bischoff quite a lot, which I, I it's, it's fated. Uh, but I was like, oh, Eric Bischoff must be one of those like super, super cool, like very good characters. Uh, excellent wrestler, lots of kicks. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's absolutely, I've, I've, there are lots of people who just want yeah, to, who want to play a new wrestling game if it gets good reviews. Like if it's something that, you know, GameSpot puts a lot of people, a lot of eyes on, then yeah, there's a huge opportunity to, to build your fan base. It really is. Or it could be a case of like the Impact game, which was quite good, but absolutely no one played it. Oh, really? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing as well. Uh, RLT Sandwich says, Hey everyone, after many months of deliberation, I have finally decided to properly support WrestleTalk on Patreon. So here is my first official mailbag question. Well, hey. welcome RLT Sandwich. Thank you very much. What's your favorite match that you've seen live? Mine was sitting ringside for Johnny Gargano versus Adam Colbebe from NXT TakeOver 25. Oh, that's a really, really good one. Um, I haven't been to crazy amounts of live wrestling i have been fortunate enough to go to two wrestlemanias uh they were 32 and 33 uh 33 was good um uh 32 
less so. Uh, but I think for me, because I also managed to go to SummerSlam uh, 2016. So I got to see John Cena versus AJ Styles, Ooh. which was mental good. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I also saw, um, I've seen a couple of takeovers as well. So I think I saw the triple threat tag match with DIY, The Revival and AOP. That was really really good but in terms of just like because i just wanted aj to win so much because they don't drop the ball and don't drop the ball it's his first SummerSlam, uh and he beat cena clean i yeah made like made me i was so happy i'm i'm quite taken aback by that adam that you said you've not seen uh, a great amount of live wrestling when i can present to you four letters wcp and w i think you've seen quite a lot of live wrestling <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> No, we did some good matches. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've sort of answered this question a few times in uh, the sort of podcast thing. Um, I was very lucky enough to be at Revolution Pro uh, when they did uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Keith Lee for the first time. And that is the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen live. It is. Wow. It was, Ollie uh, perfectly described it as it was a tank versus a fridge and the fridge did a moonsault. And uh, it was just, it was wicked. Such a good match. Um, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Kinnard says, Hey, Luke and Adam, hope everything is going well with Talk today. Being someone who is black and a wrestling fan, I tend to think black wrestlers are severely underrated in WWE. AEW and other, and other indie promotions, however, celebrate black wrestlers and are normally some of the top guys. My question is, however, who are your top three favorite black champions in WWE? Mine have to be Keith Lee, Mark Henry, and Kofi Kingston. Love you guys. Bye. P.S. The first time I saw Keith was at an indie show a few years ago, and I fell in love with indie wrestling. Ah. Uh, well, Kofi like was definitely like one of the greatest moments of of like wrestlemania time i i think like his championship run one you go round and round on that uh but in terms of like being coronated it's one of my favorite coronations regardless of skin color so kofi's definitely on my list i think keith lee keith lee's one of my favorite people uh in general it just so happens he happens to have a championship belt uh under him um i i mean like the rock uh, I, I know, like some view that with controversy, but I, you know, I, I th think he's, yeah, he's one of the greatest performers in the history of the business. Uh, he's absolutely wonderful. So those are my yeah. three. I completely agree. Um, Mark Henry, not for his uh, World's Strongest Man 1998 run, which I don't think was particularly great, um, or you know, any of the runs that happened after that, with the exception of. The Hall of Pain run, which was awesome. That yeah. was so so great. It's one of my favorite runs uh, of, of any champion of it's over the last 10, 15 years. I just thought it was so so awesome. So I think I would put him up there simply for that alone. Love me some Kofi. Love uh Xavier Woods and Big E as well. Like, you know, I just think New Day as a collective are just they're so good together. We mm. uh, get a lot of people messaging us being like, When you when would you book the Big E heel turn? And my answer is always never. Like I never want to see this team break up. And I just think that they're just they're so good together. The only reason I'd want to see them split up is if they decided we want to go our separate ways as a, you know, as a friendship thing of just being like, we've done everything we can as a team. Let's see what we can all do individually, but yeah. never actually, you know, hating each other. 
it would be such a beautiful such a genuinely like beautifully earnest message about friendship is like i know we are in the most cutthroat betrayal ridden industry in the world and yet somehow this friendship has survived yeah. uh it, yeah i i i've no desire to see the sh uh, the new day triple threat unless they are all baby faces i guess but yeah. even then like they're just they're just too dice <laughs> Uh, Iraq Lee with a lovely short and sweet question. What's worse, the chairs match or a stairs match? Stairs. Stairs. And the chairs matches are very bad, but yeah, that stairs match was that was that was something that was a new level of rubbish. There's a reason why they've only done one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, awful. It's I mean, like, I don't know. The, with the right creativity, you could make probably enough spots to make a stairs match halfway decent it just doesn't make any sense they're always there everyone gets bounded into them every single match even if it's no even if there are you know it's a normal match it's not a dq to get thrown into the steel steps so who cares it's not extreme but they were reinforced with i don't know carbonite or something <laughs> um matt's netic field asked uh hey, hello luke ollie and the wrestle talk crew first of all i've raised my pledge to 25 dollars a month due to your awesome content as of late well thank you so so much thank uh, you. and i and i thank you for it brackets spend it wisely yep cookers and uh, uh sorry hookers and cocaine here got there uh anyway my question is why do you think wwe chose arguably their biggest babyface ever in john cena to be the first to fail their money in the bank cash in and why did they get it through a dq surely it would have made more sense for a big time heel getting their comeuppance very odd hmm. it was a weird moment it happened on raw 1000 didn't it mm. So I I don't it's it's so tricky, right? Because John Cena is someone like if you think of superstars who need money in the bank uh, less uh, than anyone else on the roster, it would be John Cena and probably Roman Reigns, right? These guys have the cred, the way, and just the booking now, so they can literally just show up. As we saw before WrestleMania, they can literally show up and say. I'm next and everyone will go yeah no fair enough that makes yeah. sense uh-huh yeah yeah main event sure uh so obviously like, he didn't need it uh and so they yeah I guess they just sort of I wish it hadn't been a DQ um I, I obviously would always hope that and there's so many times I hope that Punk would have just won clean during his heel run um rather than yeah the big show getting involved uh it was it was deflating but then i i guess they that was the point because they were burying they just didn't want to do money in the bank i guess or they wanted to well they were, they were using money in the bank to sell raw 1000 hmm. that was the whole purpose of money in the bank that year sell raw 1000 there's going to be the cash in then and then also actually we don't want Cena to be the champion we want to further the whole rock shtick uh so yeah we'll just get rid of it but we also don't want Punk to win because he's a heel champion and all heel champions are terrible at wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, blitzing it on a DQ and then burying it with The Rock arriving is the only way to do it. I, I, I feel it's quite cynical, but, you know, because they could have just announced Cena versus Punk for Raw 1000. Could have just done yeah. it. Don't think anyone would have cared. Yeah, I mean, I, I always figured it was because people expected him to win. And so they just swerved fans' expectations. 
you know, mm. as soon as they put the belt, as soon as they put the the money in the bank on Cena, everyone was like, oh god, so Cena's winning the title again then. And they were like, actually, no, he didn't win it. Huh? Don't you look like an idiot now for second guessing us? Um, because WWE love to do that. Um, I hate their fans. So <laughs> I I figured it was just a way for them to swerve us. That that, that was always my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was a fairly good swerve yeah. i guess because uh, i don't like yeah it, it's cheap it's a bit deflating but also people didn't want to see cena beat punk so i nope. guess we get what we want i guess yeah I tom delves says hello ollie luke laurie pete andy and everyone's favorite plump b i can't help but think that keeping roman completely off tv not mentioning him or showing him at all including www.com and twitter etc is all just in place to get him over once it was apparent that he'd be away for a while, I think they decided to lean into it. I think he'll be held off TV for even longer than needed. Almost hope that people forget out of sight, out of mind. Then when he eventually does return, surely he'll excuse me, surely he'll be over, right? I'm thinking Royal Rumble 2022, maybe. Reminiscent of Sting not appearing for over a year. Much love from New Zealand. Oh wow. 2022. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, the well, the world's not getting it's not getting back to normal uh, anytime soon. We're, you know, there will be a new normal. Uh, so yeah, obviously, take care of yourself, Roman. Uh, that is the number one priority, of course. Um, I. So it's the question: is like, why erase him? Like, literally, the effort was made to edit out a perfectly good bit of footage. Yeah. That is what has got everyone scratching their head, and everyone's sort of yeah leaning towards heat even though wwe have been so explicit with it you don't have to come to work but then again it's wwe and they they get awful petty about awful things um i i don't know i i i would prefer our our wonderful patrons opinion uh which is that they literally just like no mention until suddenly he because they have no timeline for him coming back so just completely no mention it until suddenly he's back and then it's all the bigger i don't know if necessarily that's aided by editing him out of a random clip from money in the bank i don't think you oh who who did seth beat i i can't i can't remember oh i'm on tenter hooks for for what's coming next it's not like that people notice like and maybe it is a sort of it would it would display self-awareness of a type which would be genuinely like mind-blowingly impressive if wwe think the best way to get roman reigns over in his absence is if we convince everyone that we're mad at him yeah. so that puts roman versus wwe and you're always going to side with roman on that that is psychological branding of a sort that it's it's fiendish if it's actually what they're doing but i don't know i i i don't know why would they do it well i so ollie came up with a really good theory on this which i'm kind of in line with is that if they mention his name on tv or like so i suggested like you know you can you don't have to bring him in for tv but you can do calls with him you can have him appear on the show and like cut promos or just talk about and i was saying you really lean into this idea that he is keeping his distance because of his second bout of leukemia it puts him at a higher risk he's looking after his family this and the other he's got twins on the way really lean into that sort of family man thing which wwe really like but ollie made a very excellent point by doing that 
you have to address the fact that there is a global pandemic on, which they are not doing. They are sort of just saying, these are bizarre times, but we're carrying on. Mm. And as soon as you say there is a global pandemic on, it just starts to raise questions in the viewer's mind of like, well, why are these people here? Why are all these people still doing this wrestling show then? Because yes. I, and I've said this on a couple of shows, but you know, the amount of friends who have texted me saying, man, I mean, what are you doing for work at the moment? Because clearly there's no wrestling on. And I have to reply to them being like, well, actually, there's, there's, there's always loads of it. And uh, it's, I know every other sport has stopped, but wrestling is still going on as if nothing has really happened. Um, so I think, yeah, you just, almost, as soon as you start to address that sort of notion on TV, you are going to just start raising more questions than answers. So yeah. by keeping them off TV, you can just completely ignore that. I don't think there's heat on it personally. No, me, me neither. But like, again, it's such, it's so curious because I get not holding an interview with him. Absolutely. How are you doing, you know, in lockdown? NXT, just do it. They just pipe over to Adam Colsick in his greenhouse. And I, and like people, yeah, we know, like everyone knows why it's not an issue. But then again, Adam Cole is coming into work in like two weeks time. So yeah, you get to see him. It's just like, there's such a difference between not mentioning him and editing him out of a video because that way everyone's talking about Roman Reigns now. Like if you just left the clip as it was, we wouldn't be talking about Roman. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, get the because they're better at they're better at marketing than this like yeah they've they've do some weird stuff but their pr department's fairly on it with regards to if you do a purposeful thing everyone's going to notice see yeah i i just don't i don't know what the what the game plan is uh, Ryan Sanderson asks, uh, hey guys, hope you're doing well. Following Dustin Rhodes' performance in the TNT tournament, I started thinking if a possible AEW world title run is in the future for him. He would probably have uh, have it for a month or two, but the chase for the title and Dustin finally winning it on a major prom- uh, in a major title and a major promotion, I think it would be a great babyface story and moment. Absolutely. Uh, I don't nece- I don't think personally that he'll win the title, uh, but I think uh, title versus career uh, it kind of writes itself. I think I think if Cody ever gets the belt, um, retiring his brother title versus career, I think is sort of the dream way of saying goodbye to Dustin Reynolds. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like, because he's it's a very you know southern traditional uh promotion it has a lot of kind of mainstream kookiness but it's very kind of southern gothic um and the tradition says that dusted shouldn't really be getting uh a a championship reign over the incredible talent that they've got but the you know the, the narrative is right there they've already played with it couple of weird times in the tnt tournament which in dustin just suddenly randomly announcing this is a retirement match now why because yeah. it is no i don't know it's uh, very Russo of them yeah it's just like that's a big that's a big card in your back pocket do not overplay that and i think when the time comes if he's gonna retire going for the title i think would be uh the best the best way of doing it probably uh, they've got a follow-up question, which is, uh, is there anyone in AEW you would consider a dark horse future champion? Darby Allen, I think. Uh, Darby was my first thought as well, yeah. Yeah. 
Rockstar Dougal says, Luke, have you played Streets of Rage 4 yet? There are many baddies who walk around with their hands in their pockets like Orange Cassidy, but don't look so cool. Um, I have not played Streets of Rage 4 yet, um, but that is because, like, I, I mean, Ollie, Ollie, Laurie and I talked about this. God, when did we talk about this? I think it was in a Patreon video that we did for someone. Um, my PS4 has just become my Netflix machine. Like it gets booted up so that we can watch Netflix and we can watch Amazon Prime and things like that. And I actually haven't used it to play a game in a long, long time. I bought Resident Evil 2, the remake, on day one of release. I have played it for cumulatively about two hours um, across three different campaigns because I will start it, play it for play it a little bit, leave it for six months, come back to it, forgot where I've been and what I'm doing, and then I have to restart the game again. And I've done that on three separate occasions. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I just I never have time to play games. You know, I haven't played Doom Eternal yet. I haven't played the Final Fantasy VII remake yet. Uh, I haven't played. I, mean, I haven't played anything. I got the Star Wars game for Christmas. I've done the tutorial. Thought the game was fine. Haven't touched it since. Luke, like, I man, like, literally all anyone, all most people have is time. I know right now. Um, but obviously, but yeah. As you are well aware, I didn't do the AEW reviews today because I just did not have time. You didn't have time, no. It's, do you remember way back when, you know, back when the lockdown first started, we had our first meeting, you know, video conference call, and Ollie was kind of ashen faced, being like, there's going to be no more news soon. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? It turns <laughs> out there's there's more news than ever because wrestling's super morbid and fascinating right now. Yeah. Uh, Dylan from Cork. I'm trying to do this. Uh, dear do it more. I'm sorry. It was a little Irish intro. He says little Irish intro for the air guys to change it up. Don't feel under pressure to try and pronounce it. Uh, I failed there. So, <laughs> I mean, so my, uh, my wife's uh, mother's half of the family is Welsh. And they are native Welsh speakers as well. They're fluent in Welsh. So I tried to learn some Welsh for the wedding so mm -hmm. I could do part of my speech in Welsh, even if it was just a couple of sentences. And I tried and I could not do it. I uh, enlisted the help of various different people on Twitter to help me and coach me. And I just could not do it. I just I don't have the uh, don't have the tongue for, for other languages, I'm afraid. No, same. I learned tried to learn a few uh, GCSE and just just out, completely out of my brain now. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few Facebook memories pop up recently over some pretty funny wrestling rumors I shared on my timeline that never came to be. Do you guys have any favorite wrestling rumors that never happened? A personal favorite of mine was around 2014 when the world, when word was going around that Vince McMahon wanted to buy Premier League club Newcastle United. It would have been fascinating to see Vince try to acquire the likes of Wayne Rooney, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo over to Tyneside and how long it would have taken him to get bored of it. Ah, that's a really good one. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I mean, this must be actually weirdly hard for you guys because you deal in nothing but wrestling rumor. Yeah. Like, we just like being told, oh, just tell a joke. I can't think of one. There are so many. Um, I don't like, I'm finding it very difficult. Um, do you, is any that like spring to your mind? The only, I mean, I remember being like convinced that Paul Heyman was going to go to TNA. Like I was convinced that, and and you know that rumor has effectively been proven true because they did, you know, they've all said that those talks did happen. But I was like 
convinced he was going and he was going to turn that ship around and he was going to he was going to be the guy that was going to steer head them like you know steer them into this war with wwe which ended up being done by bischoff and hogan instead to great success um, <laughs> i think my favorite um it's not I, I guess it's not really a rumor i think it maybe it was but um obviously uh big fan of inside the ropes they're grand uh and i was lucky enough to be uh in the audience for when they did an interview with paul Heyman uh, and Paul Heyman, uh, master salesman that he is, he's literally never not selling something. Um, he, he was asked about the match at WrestleMania 30 between Brock and Undertaker, and he put forward, he says, Let's just say that my client, Brock Lesnar, uh, was being told he had to lose this match. And let's just say that my client, Brock Lesnar, didn't feel like lowering his value in the so basically yeah he spun uh this incredibly compelling narrative that uh brock lesnar shot on the undertaker in wrestlemania 30 and broke the streak by force which obviously is uh yeah it's it's snake oil selling but i i remember that being so much fun and it did get a little bit of traction in some places but uh I, yeah it was that was really really fun to just see yeah. him just spin that web live is really great. And he spins it so well. It's a wonderful little web that he weaves. It's he it's is. a it's a brilliant watch. I actually did a video on it. We, me and Ollie did a video with Kenny a couple of years later. Um, where we sort of like sat Kenny down and he sort of talked about the, you know, I didn't know he was gonna go out there and say it and, and all this sort of stuff. And we had clips from it. It's a really, really fun video to make, actually. Did yeah. Brock Lesnar shoot on the Undertaker? Um yeah. Job at JJ. Hello, Swaff Nation and Wrestle Talks. Wonderful, incredible crew. Money in the Bank is this Sunday, and WWE so far is advertising Braun versus Bray, not The Fiend. Now, this may just happen, so I have a fancy booking theory. Listening to Chopper Pete and Flat Cap Andy, uh, the story is Bray wants Braun to let him in. So Braun comes out, cuts a promo, letting him in. Play the Firefly Funhouse, and Bray cuts a promo, and out comes the Fiend, squashes Braun, and wins, leading to extreme rules, so we can get a an extreme cinematic Firefly Funhouse match. Have a soup, soup, soup safer week. Interesting. Uh, Firefly Funhouse is it's tricky, isn't it? Because like you want to see another one, but you also don't want to see another one because right now they're a hundred percent good. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, I, I do think. And also, it's oh, this is so this is so tricky, right? Because I re I would not personally have booked Bray Wyatt to go anywhere near the championship, like for a very long time, because he doesn't need it. What does the fiend? The fiend wants to kind of rebuild WWE and like tear it down and like destroy all its heroes. And I guess that's going to get into championship contention at some point. But just having a belt, it doesn't seem like the Fiend's MO. Um, so part of me, I don't know, part of me wants, um, you know, all like I, I like the idea of the feud because they've got history, but part of me just wishes it was non title. So the Fiend could win, but also Braun could keep going because I would quite like to see Braun have a, a decent run. I know people are very down on Braun right now, but I think like you might, might as well lean into it, and give it a try. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a really hard situation to book yourself out of because, yeah, it feels like too soon for another Firefly Funhouse. It, I don't know where they're going with it. I am excited to see because I think Bray is easily one of the best wrestling minds of the generation. So if he's got input, 
uh, I predict, yeah, it, it could go somewhere really fun. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, for me, this is, I definitely think, yeah, Braun's going to destroy Bray and think I've done it easy. Yeah. That's then, what I think too. Uh, yeah. Forgetting about his, his little uh, penis, obviously, as in the prediction video. Have you seen the prediction video? <laughs> oh, oh, I saw it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Drew Porter says, <laughs> "I don't want to besmirch Bray Wyatt's penis. I'm sure he has a lovely penis. I don't know where, where I'm... talk, talk, Luke, talk. I'll, I'll carry on." Drew Porter says, "Hey guys, first time I've done a mailbag for I think months. I hope everything is well with you and your family. Now my question is, who are your top three wrestlers of all time?" other than raven luke my top three are sting when he was in tna jeff hardy loved every gimmick he's ever done um even willow and chris jericho mr y2j himself best storyteller and best wrestler i've ever seen in the squared circle you're sincerely drew hope you're all fine and well and hope we get out of this pandemic soon it's my birthday on the 5th of may well happy belated birthday to you drew happy birthday uh so yeah if i can't pick raven well i mean who else is there to pick um it's it's uh Rock Angle and Austin, I guess. I think maybe Austin. Jericho's really good as well, but I think like the, it was the guys that got me really into wrestling. And like my my year of wrestling was two thousand. That was mm. that was my year. It was when I really got heavily into it. We got Sunday Night Heat uh, in the UK. We got a handful of pay-per-views. We got, you know, the Rumble um, for free on, on Channel 4. I know. Backlash uh, a couple of months later with Austin's return to help uh, the Rock beat Triple so H. Good. It was just, with the exception of WrestleMania 2000, it was banger after banger after banger. So I think in that in that year, for me, it was Rock angle and foley even though foley was only there for a handful of months of it but then became commissioner and was also great in that role so yeah those are the three i'm going with uh, is so of all time uh angle obviously um i would say angle daniel bryan and kane mm. i love kane because uh, yeah like I, I i think i've gone into it in a couple of places but it's the silliness of the character uh, it's how many different iterations of the character there have been. Um, it's the fact that Kane is just apparently a lovely man, like a smart, lovely, generous, kind soul. Um, also, he was Curly Kane, and that's amazing. Uh, yeah, just such a crazy continuity. Um, you could say that of The Undertaker too, but I actually prefer, I think as a body of work, maybe Kane. Yeah, because you don't get the awkward American badass era of Kane. Because um, that era of Kane is Vest Kane, which I would argue is Best Kane. It's <laughs> when he looked like a badass. He looked enormous during that period of time. He did look swole with the yeah. uh, with the big the big arms. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was a monster. Just that battle, um, Royal Rumble two thousand and one. Like yeah. what a turn! I, like it. What a testament to how many stars they had at that time that that wasn't the star making turn of the year yeah. the only downside to that is that that was also a period of time when they were having because they were doing the brothers of destruction he had to cut promos alongside the undertaker or do backstage segments with it backstage segments while still wearing the mask he's like Sarah's outside and ddp is after her but, but he was also in the best promo that wwe have ever done which is him holding the fake stephanie above <laughs> his head at the top of the stairs <laughs> 
CJ Warren says, it's my first mailbag question. Happy to be part of the community. Happy to have you, CJ. My question is, if Golden Joe were real, what WWE star would be his biggest rival? I mean, Golden Joe is real. That's that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. um, wh who would be his biggest rival? I think uh, in WWE, is that the... Because I think yeah. I mean, Joe Hendry <laughs> would be a pretty good one. Yeah. Just like the Spider-Man uh, meme of them just pointing to each other. <laughs> um, I think because he's the Miz. Uh, yeah, do you know what? That was the first person that jumped into my head as well. But it's because he's such a complex character, it is Golden Joe. The man who always thinks he should be winning, but is also the babyface. It's hard to find who his biggest rival would be. I mean, obviously, other than potentially Silver Bro, but who knows? Uh, yeah, we're not talking about that potential caller. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, Peter Mullins, I was telling my mates that they edited the best cash in to make Roman disappear, which is ridiculous. What caused the argument was my wording, best cash in, not the Roman stuff. Edge and, Ziggler, Edge and Ziggler's names got thrown around. Please alienate half your audience and definitively settle the debate. Best cash in go Ziggler. uh yeah like well, I, I, I just edges first one i'm gonna go with edges first one i'm gonna say Ziggler just because that's the only one that had me dancing in my kitchen because around 2013 like yeah he was over man people really wanted Ziggler. like they thought yeah he has been kept down for far too long like people really really dug it and he held the the briefcase for so long like gen like the longest someone's ever held it is it i thought i mean edge held it for edge you know, oh because he yeah. won it at, he won at wrestlemania of course and he yeah. almost took it to the next wrestlemania no he took it yeah he held it for such a long time like that briefcase was battered uh, like so many failed cash-ins um and then like everyone was tired of alberto del rio at the time it was just like a perfect storm you know the crowd uh that amazing international crowd the night after wrestlemania it had been a terrible wrestlemania so everyone had been like oh we really want something great uh, and yeah he it was just pitch perfect because you also thought not only was uh was it like really exciting but you could never tell with how they treated Ziggler they yeah. could have had him lose uh yeah. and there was that beautiful tension like very few times do you ever watch a wrestling match being like I have no idea which way this is going to go uh and that pure adrenaline Ziggler's is the best cash in for me yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I, Edge is the one that always springs to my mind outside of Ziggler's, that, the first cash that he had at New Year's Revolution because because it was the first one and we really didn't know what to expect. Um, and it, I, to be honest, even, I remember at the time not even considering the idea that someone could cash in after someone has had a match. Mm. I always thought it was going to be, you just announce, I am having this match on this date. I, I thought that would be how the, the match would, you know, how it would happen. So it really caught everyone off guard, and I, and I absolutely loved that. Um, but Seth's at WrestleMania 31 is great. And I'm also going to throw in there Rob Van Dam's, just because I know it was a pre-announced thing, but I was such, like, that that 2000 year I, I referenced earlier, that was also when I fell hard into ECW, because a friend of mine had a load of ECW tapes. Oh, yeah. And so, like, we were watching a lot of ECW, like, going back and sort of, like, through 98, 99, uh, and 97, watching all those ECW pay-per-views. I just, I, Rob Van Dam was my guy. And, yeah, so him winning the WWE Championship was a, was a pretty special moment. 
Uh, Callum says, hey guys, I'm finally back. Uh, I've got a financial situation back together again and enough. So there's my question. Uh, sorry, so here's my question. Uh, as everyone is in self-isolation lockdown, I would like to know uh, what uh, any what wrestling pay-per-view TV show and film would you watch while you're in total lockdown? Mine would be ROH Supercard of Honor 12, TV show Lost because it's the greatest TV show ever, and film A Quiet Place because it's great. So basically you get to pick one pay-per-view, one TV show, and one film. Ooh. All right. Um, I assuming this would be like a pay-per-view I've seen before. Um, I've seen X7 so many times. Yeah, which is why I was instantly leaning towards Backlash 2000s. Such a good show. Yeah. Um, Plus you get, a, you get a big show coming out as Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, Kurt Angle, do you? <laughs> um yeah, oh, it's so many good, like just unexpectedly good matches as well. Like the Edge and Christian now absolutely braining uh, X Pac with the ring bell, like yeah. destroy the guy. Uh, Dean Malenko versus Scotty Too Hotty. I can literally recount this. I've seen this uh, pay per view so many times. I can literally recount the card from memory. Amazing Eddie Guerrero versus S.A. Rios. Yep. Um, that's a really, really good one, actually. Um, and it's maybe... one that you and it's one that's not been overwatched either. I don't feel like. No, absolutely. Uh, I th- hmm. oh, it's tricky. Uh, I because it's one show that you get to watch. Um, I'm going to say Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, great shout. Because I, I I actually haven't watched that in a long time. And I remember as well, that's one of the things where actually it's an entirely good card. Like mm, there is yeah. a bad, I don't think there's a bad match on it. Uh, like the Christian match, like so overlooked because it's overshadowed by the main event, but it's that's the one where he wins the title, right? Yeah. Hoofs Randy and bollocks. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, TV show. Um, I mean, my first thought would be to pick you know, my, my favorite TV show of all time is The Twilight Zone is to, is to pick that. Oh. But, uh, but I think if it's something that I'm going to want to go back to again and again and again while in isolation, it's probably going to be something like The Simpsons. Because even if, you know, seasons 11 through to 30, 30. whatever we're on, 30 we're on now are not great, those first 10 seasons are perfect. And you could just pick a random episode each day and it would just be a brilliant episode. I'm like, watching almost, them all in order. Almost, yeah, almost guaranteed it's going to be a great episode. I'm watching them in order, and they, it's what I cook to. So basically, yeah. yeah, I just put my laptop off to one side, and I've just been burning through. I'm on, like, uh, season four now. I just watched Camp Krusty. And just like, oh. oh, my God, this is so good. Just this tiny little cutaway uh, to Mr. Black uh, <laughs> and uh, the three bullies. And he just they're simply sitting at a long table, and he just goes, gentlemen, to evil. and it like yeah i just find myself bursting out laughing whilst uh whilst i'm cooking it's great i would actually because i am sort of doing that feels like a cheat i'm gonna steal yours go through the twilight zone what a great idea because i've not seen that much of it like i've seen bits and pieces but it's one of the big projects i've always wanted to do either go through all the x files or go through all of the twilight zone and i actually think just because of the range of stories that they tell uh, uh and the quality as well of the of the not only the writing but the filmmaking yeah twilight zone would be what a brilliant show yeah 
It's, it's such a good show. Really, really great. Uh, and film, it's the greatest film of all time. It's a film I can watch every single day and never get bored of. It's Ghostbusters. It's the greatest. Uh, and if I'm not picking that, I'm picking Back to the Future. It's. Uh, I just think they're two absolutely perfect movies, and they're the ones that I'm never, ever going to get bored of watching. Shawshank Redemption for me. I Yeah, I've seen it oh, a lot. An, an, of an actual choice. <laughs> <laughs> um well that's the thing it's one of those things with yeah can you how how many films can you name where you could just watch it over and over again Shawshank Redemption I could put it on uh any any day of the week and I, yeah I might not watch the whole thing but it would probably make me cry that film because I because I know everything that's coming now literally almost most scenes make me cry <laughs> it's just perfect filmmaking I love it I love have, it have you ever cried at a movie Bef like okay, so the only reason I, I was, I was going to ask this question is because I watched my wife and I watched Inside Out, the uh, the, the Pixar movie, and um, and I cried at, as the movie was starting. And my wife turned to me, was like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "I just know something bad is going to happen to this child," and I'm now I'm a bit worried. Uh, Paddington Two, yeah, uh, I Paddington Two had me. I cried during that film like eight times. Um, just like I teared up when he put the sandwich in his mouth and he said, marmalade. And it's like, uh, like generally, yeah, it's one of my top uh, favorite films of all time. Uh, it, it, I, it, it just always hits me like right in the heart. I don't know how they've done it. There's this strange alchemy of filmmaking where it just the choice of music, the actors, the, the, wonderful kind of set pieces and lines and everything just coming back together and just the purity of that bear he's like luke owen the bear and it's it's so delightful um yeah those two films i uh, i got so mad recently we we're watching great british menu and the theme for this year is children's literature and someone made a marmalade sandwich as their des uh, as their dessert and sort of presented you know it's inspired by paddington bear and it was a marmalade sandwich with no orange or marmalade and it was made with blackberries and i got so mad because i'm like what are you why why are you <laughs> presenting this it's like having okay we're gonna do a we're gonna do a famous feast from asterix but with no boar like what's the <laughs> point do something else <laughs> Uh, right, moving on. Austin Tusty. Uh, hey, guys. What are some cool spots you fantasy booked for Money in the Bank matches? Uh, do you want some goofy spots or should it all be serious? One I thought that would be funny is where they're teasing the throw off the building. AJ could throw someone over the side um, and not show the fall. So we assume they fell down the building. Then the dramatic arrow when AJ turns his back to the ledge and Ron Simmons is hanging off the side of the building as a window washer and caught whoever gets tossed and re repels them back up. And Cor says, damn. I know it's a bit cartoony, but I think something wacky like that could be fun. I think I think you've actually kind of like you've nailed it really. Like I think you want a whole bunch of wacky spots and then one serious spot. Um, I don't know if throwing someone off the roof is your serious spot. I think it's too silly. Um, I, I I would like like I you know like I said in my predictions, I want Otis to go off the building because I I think there's actual emotion there like yeah tragedy because he has someone who cares about him uh whereas no one cares about anyone in the wwe universe they're all just backstabbing each other um 
I, obviously, everyone like really likes the idea that AJ Styles is going to die on every pay per view this year until lockdown lifts. They're just going to Kenny McCormick him, and just <laughs> he just dies every time and comes back being like, "Yeah, so what? Yeah, all right, me." <laughs> yeah. That would be really funny. Yeah, he's got I, God on his side. You see, I haven't heard an idea better than the one we were sort of pitching yesterday, or someone pitched yesterday on Quizlemania, which is that. Baron Corbin gets into an elevator, thinks that he's super smart, presses the top button, and then someone, preferably someone like Otis, just runs in, rubs down all the buttons, and runs out. But to continue that on is that Baron Corbin doesn't get out of the elevator. He doesn't have the smarts to just get out and walk or something. You So you just keep cutting back to him, just as the bing, just opening it, just going, hammering the button to try and get it to close again. <laughs> that would be really 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 good um because like i someone should do something in vince's office yeah um 100 I, I think like or daniel bryan doing something in triple h's office just to li a little kind of bit of continuity you know he just like rubs his butt on his desk or something yeah <laughs> that seems like daniel bryan's style right um i think yeah because so much of the history like so much of the history of that company is sort of centered around that building. Um, I, I would love to see some proper Easter eggs from the famous advert, the WWF Attitude one. Get it? Uh, I, I want to see, yeah, like so actually an explosion or yeah. uh, someone being thrown through the glass, um, you know, Undertaker <laughs> walking down the corridor. Uh, yeah. that, that would really make my day. I was going to say, I mean, me, I think me and Ollie talked about this, that like, I want it not to be an empty building. I want there to be like people just going about their day to day work and, <laughs> and then the wrestlers are just wrestling around them. I don't want it to be an empty building. Uh, Richard Jacques says, hey, guys, will you be watching the Undertaker Last Rides documentary on the network? And if so, would some sort of breakdown or discussion video be made about it? Uh, I'm definitely going to watch it. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it soon because like you say we there's such such limited amount of time and so much wrestling um because of course it is after the the pay-per-view but definitely yeah i do want to see it i think he is like in terms of the stories of someone's career is there anyone more interesting than yeah. you know the undertaker except maybe vince uh, Abnahab says, after seeing that Roman back out of WrestleMania due to his health, uh, this thought always comes to me. What do you think would have happened if Roman had won the Royal Rumble? Um, I think the exact same thing would have happened. He would have just pulled yeah. out and they'd have put Braun in his place. Wrestling isn't that important and nor should it be. Like yeah. pe people understand, like it's fine. Uh, Flaming Live, our last question of the day says, what do you think is the most underrated pay-per-view of all time? I'm going to say the Invasion pay-per-view only because of how the story arc turned out. That's actually like invade like the pay per view itself is astonishing, and yeah, it doesn't have any of the the big names, but it's still a big deal. There's a reason why it's the highest drawing B pay per view of all time, yeah. um, and it's a bit bobbins. Yeah, like it, it's got it's got a ref fight in it, which yeah. actually, now that I think about it, did that over deliver? I can't remember. Oh, no, no, one hundred percent. I I will say the the pay per view is so bobbins. That referee match is one of the best matches of the night. It's because it's at least fun. It's way better than Raven versus William Regal, which is an awful match. It's I um, can't remember that. That's insane. Yeah. There are actually a lot of really bad matches on that show. And it's it's really for me, it's all about the Jeff Hardy RVD match, that ref fight, 
and the main event. And the problem with the main event is that it's kind of missing a bit of star power yeah. on the on the alliance side. Yeah, like I, I think it's always going to be the the big what if in wrestling in terms of like something that is actually great and doesn't get as as much respect as it deserves. Yeah, I think we've I think we've cracked it. I think it's Backlash two thousand. It's the so much better than WrestleMania two thousand that it's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, so much so that you almost think was this always the plan for WrestleMania? But Austin just wasn't there. Uh, like he his wasn't along in his recovery. We need that. You know, just keep the keep it spinning for an extra month. Uh, yeah, backlash two thousand. Like I'm 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 going to watch that today, Luke. Thank you. I was just about to say because I've got quite a bit of editing. I've got four podcasts I need to edit once we've done this, oh, and I'm gonna have on I'm gonna have backlash two thousand on in the background while I'm doing that. Hell yeah. found uh doing quizzlemania on a weekly basis <laughs> it's it's fun that's the, that's the thing about it. It, it it's some work uh and like uh i've had like offers from like andy and stuff to kind of uh help with with the work but it's like because it because so much of it is like i've got to know the each of the questions inside and out uh i i just sort of prefer to get it all done um it, it, it it's 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 a lot of stuff especially when i have to kind of like photoshop stuff and also like Jeff finding out all the dates and making sure it's not too easy not too not too hard and try and cater for the guests that we're going to have like because yeah do I want Sean to completely destroy the rest of the team no so I better do not something with a bit less trivia based yeah but um yeah no it's a lot of fun and that's that's kind of the the big consolation also like it does give me as we saw with Quizlemania 6 it gives me a chance to kind of flex certain muscles which i not had to like yeah like obviously like hosting a, a like a streaming service sort of thing is a lot of fun but also yeah like i i edited a little video for luke uh for this week it was so good oh i'm glad you liked it bud but uh, yeah so that's the thing is like i get to to do some do some stuff and that is that is what i really really enjoy uh about it and also yeah getting getting some uh, our great guests on um and it's it's fun it, it, it's a fun gig uh, i am gonna try and pull it because it's starting to get over three hours now i'm trying to pull that back i'm i'm touched that it's, it's gotten popular enough to the point where we get super chats enough to take us to that point but i am going to try and rein it because i don't want it to get too too big because i yeah. do like sleep oh yeah Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I nearly, so my, my phone died in the night, which means I didn't get up until 8 a.m. this morning, which is very unlike me for a weekday. Goodness. So I sort of panically rushed out of the bedroom to get into the office being like, has Ollie sent me news to write about? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. And like, I find myself doing it in my time off as well. Like on a Sunday when we're having like a lazy day, um, you know, we'll be maybe the TV on in the background, but I'll just sit at my computer and just do some Quizzlemania stuff just because, yeah, it, it's, I, I really like it when it goes well. It's, it's a fun show. I'm glad, like it's just, people are really enjoying it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a genuine pleasure to do, but yeah, there's always a, a fair bit of work for it, but sh there should be, if it's going to be good, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got this email in from Jaron Walker that I'd like to read out. It says, hey, guys, I just wanted to show my appreciation for the inspiration you've given me recently. Today I'm writing this email, which was on May 5th. I'm excited to say that I've just hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Hey. One of, one of the things that keeps me, that has helped me stay consistent was the WrestleTalk channel. It's weird to think that people care enough about wrestling to subscribe in mass amounts to one specific channel. And with WrestleTalk being the YWC juggernaut that it is, it's kept me focused and determined to stay active. Thank you, WrestleTalk. The little things you guys do make a big impact on several people in multiple ways. Much love, Jaron Walker. Well, thank you very Aww. much, Jaron. It's been a long time viewer and a long time emailer as Jaron. We've seen him through a, a lot of times. We even got him together with a lady. Uh, uh, nice way, yeah, way back in the day he messaged about a girl that he saw uh i believe it was in a school can it was at a canteen or something and he was uh he talked about like their first talk and things like that and he showed them wrestle talk and yeah been a long long journey with jaron it's been a, it's been a great time as well oh that's really nice and there's an email i wanted to read here uh this is from dan talking of uh sort of long time viewers to this channel long time fans it's from dan who says uh callum and i callum newman have just got done recording a podcast interview together and because it's callum he deserves it i want to get as many eyes on it as possible do you think the podcast um the on the may 9th which will be you know this one hey oh it's his birthday on may 9th hey, happy birthday dan hey. um and we've got lucy openshaw to do the announcement that wrestle talk could do a retweet or mention of it somewhere since the podcast I did has guests on from WXW, uh, for example, their head trainer. They actually listen to the podcast. We hope they take notice of Callum. Best wishes, Dan. Well, Dan, everyone should go and check out Dan's podcast. It's going to be dropping on Friday, then I believe that well, Friday or so the 9th, which is in a couple of days' time. We're recording this, it's right, so it's on Saturday. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Follow him on the old Twitter machine. Uh, we'll try and do some retweets for it as well. So definitely keep an eye out for that because Callum's great, Dan's great, and Lucy's awesome as well. Um, and before we get out of here, I wouldn't be, I mean, I can't not have you on here without talking about No Rolls Barred. And, ah, yes. And Piston Fairmont and the rivalry with uh, Alexi Tetris in uh, the one shot that we did. And also, I mean, I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about what might be coming next. Oh, let's, no, that's fine. I don't mind talking about it at all. It's going to be cowboys. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah we uh we have a a, a patron for no rolls bard patreon.com forward slash no rolls bard um and uh, part of the you know because we we like to kind of give uh, our patrons some level of control over the story like for example they get to pick a major character for season two which is, has happened and they are booked into season two um some of our higher uh, giving patrons uh, get to be kind of shouted out during the episodes themselves uh, and one of the po polls we just put up was uh where's the next one shot going to be set and there were six um six uh, choices there was uh, ancient rome uh there was caveman times there was pirates uh there was uh victorian england uh there was the wild west and there was one more which i can't remember <laughs> fantasy just general fantasy like D, &D. yeah uh and yeah uh it was touch and go between two it was very almost victorian england but no wild west is where we're going uh wiki wiki wild wiki wild wild west jim west, jim west. desperado rough rider no you, no, don't, you don't want, want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i'm so excited that it's that it's the wild west i and know it's, it's gonna be brilliant I'm basically just going to watch Back to the Future 3 as far to get my inspiration. Yeah. 
it's going to be, oh, that I'm going to watch some, some Westworld. I'm going to watch, uh, yeah, just a, a few Clint Eastwood movies. I think just really just dive back in. Cause I love, I love Western so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and you will be able to hear that uh, at the end of May uh, on the uh, No Rolls Barred podcast, which is part of our Wrestle Talk podcast network. We've got a whole bunch of them now. Not only are you enjoying this podcast, Quizzlemania is available as a podcast. No Rolls Barred is available as a podcast. So go and subscribe to those. Give them a little rating review. And coming soon, do, uh, Louis Dangor's Wrestle Talk interviews will be available as a podcast as well. We're super excited to be launching this and getting a lot of stuff in your ear holes. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening and uh, hanging out with us on this wonderful bank holiday Friday. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 